0: In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers, and we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So would you please do me a favor? Can you go to podsurvey.com slash Jamie, that's J-A-M-I-E, podsurvey.com slash Jamie, and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. You guys, you can buy a lot of great things on Amazon for $100. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podpodsurvey.com slash Jamie, J-A-M-I-E. Guys, thanks for your help. Go to podsurvey.com slash Jamie. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so thankful that you're here with us today. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and basically everything in between. Guys, before we get going, I want to thank our first sponsor today, and that is Little Bits. Kids love our new partner, Little Bits, inspiring young inventors to create their piece of the Star Wars galaxy. For the first time ever, kids can create their own custom droid with electronic bits that snap together. Discover the LittleBits Droid Inventor Kit at littlebits.com and Walmart, Amazon, and Apple. <laughs> Guys, today you're listening to episode number 164 with Lisa Lloyd. Lisa is a mom, a wife, author, and an actress. I think she's my first actress. Today we talk about everything, you guys. I mean everything. She has a new book out called Chasing Famous, so we talk about that. But we talk about just fame in general. We talk about abortions, desires to be known, talking to our kids about our past, pornography, parenting, our successes and failures. You guys, I'm not kidding. We talk about everything. It's so good. Sit back and enjoy. And don't worry about taking notes if you hear something that you love, a book or a recommendation or a webpage because we put everything up for you on my webpage, JamieIvy.com. I always list the advertisers and everything we talk about. It's an easy place for you to remember what we talked about. Guys, I also want to thank Samaritan's Purse. It's that time of year, guys. It's time to pack an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. National Collection Week is coming up November 13th through the 20th. And by packing a shoebox full of simple gifts, you can share the good news and great joy of Jesus Christ with a child in need and teach your own kids about giving. Since 1993, Operation Christmas Child has delivered more than 146 million shoebox gifts to children in over 160 countries and territories. And this year... Operation Christmas Child hopes to collect enough shoebox gifts to reach another 12 million children. Guys, it's super easy. Go to jamieivy.com slash OCC for gift suggestions, tracking labels, and to find a drop-off location near you. And help spread the word by tagging Operation Christmas Child on social media. You guys, my mom has been making Samaritan purse boxes for years, and she usually sends like 20 or 30 boxes. Isn't that crazy? Okay, my friends, here is my conversation with Lisa. Hey Lisa, welcome to the Happy Hour. Thanks, Jamie. Good to be here. You um, have just been on our list to talk for for a long time, and you've got a lot of amazing things going on. So, would you just introduce yourself to our listeners real quick?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm Lisa Lloyd, and I have two boys and a husband. My husband is Marcus, and he and I we've been married, gosh, like 15 years. And then we've got two boys crazy, crazy boys, um, nine-year-old Deuce. And that's his, that's his nickname. I he's love Marcus that so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I read that yeah. and I was like, who wouldn't want to be some people call them Deuce? I mean, that's amazing. I love it. And
1: so, yeah, so he's nine, he's a fourth grader. And then Solomon is seven and a second grader. And so they're kind of both into sort of kind of getting into sports, you know, this fall, you know, kind of jumping in. Um, but they really love music and they love piano and they love singing. And it's really fun to, to kind of watch them jump onto the piano. And they're, uh, they're, they're pretty cool. Pretty that's cool kids. really
0: fun. One of my kids is in sixth grade this year. Well, i have two sixth graders, but one of them is doing band. And he came home and he was like, dad, every kid in band has taken piano lessons except me. And mind you, my husband is a professional musician who plays the piano, and um, he was like, "Can you teach me?" And Aaron's like, "I have a strict rule: parents don't teach their kids music." Yeah, um, yeah. But he's like, "I can tell you where the what the notes are, you know." So we had like a mini piano lesson at our table just last night for dinner, and I learned a lot as well. So,
1: oh my god, there's
0: that. Yes, okay. So that's your husband. That's your kids. What about you? Yep. What about you, Lisa?
1: Yes, I I am a speaker, and I'm a actor, and I'm a writer. And I've been doing that all like full time now for about three years. Um, I used to be on staff. I was I did children's ministry on staff at um, several different churches for about 10 years. But yeah, so now I get to do all of that fun stuff full time. I've been an actor for a long time. I, I met my husband in the theater and we got our degrees in theater and we lived in LA for a little bit before kids and then came back here and got into vocational ministry, but still did some acting on the side. and. Now I get to do quite a bit more of that because my schedule allows it. That's
0: awesome. A lot of fun. Yeah. So what do you, this is a question. Whenever I'm filling out forms and it asks me for my job title, I just never quite know what to put because yeah. I, my, I would say my number one gig is podcasting. Um, I'm also okay. an author. I also speak. Those just things seem weird. Like I wouldn't write down speaker, uh, speaker yeah. to women in churches. That seems weird. Yeah. Or author. I don't know why I just can't claim that. What do you write down?
1: I write self-employed. (laughs) Self-employed. There we go. (laughs) And if they want to know, and you know, if the doctor's like, "Well, well, so what? What do you do? What do you do?" (laughs) Then I'll I'll tell them. But yeah, I could write speaker. You could write down speaker, podcaster, writer. You know, all these kinds of things. Then be like, "Gosh, that's that's a lot." I know. Self-employed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, and what I do every day looks different every day. I'm sure that is that, with you as that's well. That's right. That's right. It depends on what, what ball is thrown at me that day. I agree. Okay, so I want to talk to you about acting because I don't know that I've had anyone on my show. I'm trying to rack my brain, and if I have someone yeah. will tell me who would call themselves an actor. And yeah. what does that look like for you with... I'm sure it looks different pre-kids um, and then post-kids. And has this always been a dream of yours? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, you know, I've always... It's it's funny. I I felt like I'm I'm an I'm a commercial. I do lots of commercials and industrials. Industrials being like, you know, internal videos for companies and that kind of thing. Okay. Or, or things that you would see, like let's say you walk into Best Buy and you see screens with employees and they're explaining to, you know, customers how things work. Like so that's an industrial kind of like in house stuff. And I I don't do a lot of like film, you know, TV stuff as much. That just takes a lot of time away from my family and I would actually be coming to Austin. So if I have anything that I could do, I might come swing by and say hi to you.
0: Wait, Why Uh, would you be coming to Austin?
1: Well, a lot of, a lot of film and TV films in Austin and there's some some films in Dallas, but Austin has a, a real active film and TV community, you know, for several years, it was super, super active. Um, you know, some things changed with the Texas laws and kind of forced some of the film and TV like out of Texas in the, in recent years, but there's still a lot going on. And so sometimes there'll be auditions. You know, my agent will send me an audition notice for something down in Austin. And if I have time, because, you know, it would be a full day yeah. that, you know, and then and then you've got to stay down there if you if you book. And is that something we want to do as a family? And so I try and pick the things that will take a day of my time. You know, while my kids are in school, I can go down and go to an audition or go do a shoot or something. Um, but yeah, so I, I do that, especially now that my kids are in school, it's, it's super easy. Um, but, and then, and then pre-kids, you know, I, I, I did, I did uh, some of it, but it really kind of started rolling for me when I became a mom and I actually looked like a mom. Um, you know, like as, because previous to that, you know, I wasn't like the cute, sexy, you know, long and lean five foot 10 girl that's in her twenties, you know, I'm five, three, and, you know, I've got a butt, you know, like yeah. I'm curvy, you know. And so um, I didn't really book stuff until my face kind of started filling in with my my, my body. That's hilarious. It. Started looking like a mom. So, yeah. So I, just in recent years, I would say in the last six years, things have kind of taken off for me as far as that goes, you know, as far as commercials mm-hmm. consistently. It was just kind of a little more sporadic.
0: Yeah. I, I One of my kids, and I won't name who it is, but one of my kids has been told all the time like oh my gosh you should um you should put him in some acting or you should put him in some commercial prints or some modeling or stuff like that and I'll tell you what Aaron and I've had so many conversations about it and we just keep going back to no like we just keep saying no um but he keeps now he's asking and he's getting older and so I actually reached out to Aaron and I both have um, some friends that we know that have done some modeling and acting and I'm just so slow to move my feet on it. It seems like it is a hard industry to be in.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think it depends on why you're in it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and Jamie, I think I agree with those folks that are saying, you know, he looks like a model. I've seen him on Instagram. Like
0: you, everyone knows I'm like, who I'm talking about. I won't mention oh, yeah. it, but yes. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. We all know who you're talking about. Right. Um, But yeah, like I I, I think it, it depends on why you're in it. I think if, if you're in it for you and you're in it for the, money potentially or the applause or the get me on tv then your identity kind of is in that right and you're be yes. sorely disappointed when you are rejected which will happen again and again and again and again yes but if your reason for being in it your identity is hey you know i'm going to be in this so that i can use my gifts and my talents to glorify god then that makes it okay when the rejection happens because it's not about me being accepted by that director or that casting director or being chosen, it's about using my gifts for God. And if you do that, you do that every time you go audition. And for so sure. you're, you're yeah. constantly successful. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like a mindset shift a little bit, which, you know, took me a while to come to. So, so yeah. And I think for kids, that's a hard mindset for a teenager to be in. Totally. Because kids will get rejected and they'll get rejected. on. That's, a, that's another hard thing is, is you get rejected either by what you look like, which is difficult for a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. Or by, or maybe you're not, as talented as the next person and that's hard to swallow too yeah you know so if a child gets into it it has to be the parent constantly bringing them back to the reason why they're in it why are we doing this we're in mm-hmm. this to make god famous not ourselves we're in this to bring glory to god not ourselves and and constantly kind of putting that vision out there for that kid and then you know, and then it's it's probably a little bit more doable for him. Or yeah. Her.
0: And we have asked we ask the question all the time. Why do you want to do this? because he's now bringing it up um, to us? You know, I would say it comes up every couple of months and we just keep saying, why do you want to do this? You know, why? Why? And um, I don't think we've been satisfied with what he comes to the table with. Also, he's young, you know, and so I think it, you gave me some really good encouragement of talking through that with all of our kids, with whatever they do, you know, it's not just about modeling and acting. You know, we're having these conversations with all of our kids. Like, why do we do these things? Bring glory to God, all these kind of things. And so I think in this specific situation it is for sure important to talk about, but man, we gotta talk to all of our kids about that, don't we?
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, like even my kids, we are going to play baseball, you're going to play soccer. And you know, again, it's not about winning, right? And parents say that it's to their kids all the time. It's about, you know, doing your very best and your very best brings glory to God. You know, like it's mm-hmm. trying my hardest. And, and even like, how can I engage my teammates in being sensitive to where they're at? You know, what, what's going on in their lives? Or, you know, how can I be an encouragement to my buddies that are out there? That is successful to God, not if I'm winning. You know, yeah. I just think that's hard. That's hard for me as a mom because I want my kids, to, I want my kids to win the baseball game. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah,
0: it's a lot of fun. To, it's way more fun to win than it is to lose. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, yeah. no question about that. Yeah, yeah. I tell my kids, um, all of my kids play sports and we're not a big sports family, although I love sports um, way more than my husband. Um, but they all do play sports right now, um, but they all are finding their way like all kids do. But I always tell my kids, I'm like, listen, every time you go out to do something right now for us is athletic events. But it, it will change over the years, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I always tell them a couple things. I'm like, listen, everything you need to do, you need to honor God. You need to honor your coaches, your teammates and the other team. You need to hustle. need to have fun and you need to be humble like all those h's i'm like honor hustle humble have fun and then we're good to go i
1: i'm gonna write that down there you go it's the four h's okay honor humble hustle have fun i love it and
0: honor goes for like honor your your teammates the other team your coaches the umpires all god Mm -hmm. you know all those things and then be humble oh my gosh yes i i I, I will lose my stuff yeah. If, if one of it, my kids is prideful mm. about something. Yep.
1: Strutting around like a peacock. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: and yeah. then I'll just be awake to see him fall, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm just, okay, let's just watch this happen. Let's just watch this go <laughs> down. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Speaking of acting and modeling and all those type of things. And you mentioned a uh, while ago about, you know, what is your motivation? Uh, you recently wrote a book that came out this past spring called chasing famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to hear just did that book in itself, but the title seems as though someone who's in your industry, that that could be a struggle, you know, like what's my, why, why do I do this? Why do I want to act all of these things? Did that come from a personal just battle within your soul of wanting to chase fame?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I I wanted you know, even as a Christian because you know I think Christians were just our, our flesh rules us often and you know I wanted to I wanted to be famous I wanted I wanted the paycheck I wanted to be on TV I wanted people you know to say oh my gosh I saw you in this commercial yada 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 and so so that was kind of my why you know mm. kind of like oh I'm a Christian and yeah I want to glorify God but that was like in the back of my head that wasn't my reason. For going to these auditions and for going to set, you know. And mm-hmm. so I remember driving to an audition one day. It was downtown. I was driving down the Dallas North Tollway, just you know, going through my lines, you know, kind of saying them, um, sweaty palms, you know, just nervous. And uh, the Lord just whispered to me. He said, "Lisa, I need you to be more concerned about going to this audition and making me famous mm. than chasing your own fame," you know. And that really changed everything for me. That 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 became my new why. That I would go into these auditions, not seeking to be selected, but seeking to glorify God and, and be open. Like, God, where are you at work right now? And let me just engage where you're at. Like, like having conversations with other actors that are sitting there th- and that being, that being success, going into the audition, doing my very best, you know, having fun, hustling, honoring, you know, all mm-hmm. that. All the things. All that. And then the booking of the job was now not up to me. It was up to God. And then if I didn't book it, I could just shake it off and go to the next one. That's kind of where the book was was born out of, is how can we chase the, after the fame of God instead of the fame for ourselves? Mm. And as I began to look at scripture, I saw all over scripture, after God kind of said that to me, and I kind of changed my tune on how I was going to approach my work, I began to see that, that was the God's desire to be glorified through his people is like all over scripture. It's everywhere. It, it's It's our purpose. It's why we are here we are not here for ourselves we are here to glorify god and make him famous no matter what situation we're in or if we're married or divorced or single or or happy or sad or or have a job or don't like every little thing big or small we are here for the glory of god through us and so you know as god began to wrestle me to the ground on how i needed to die to me so that i could glorify him in all the different areas of my life he gave me a lot of material you know mm-hmm. and so that's mm-hmm. that's what i put into the book is how god was just kind of showing me how i needed to put me backstage and put him center stage in my life so that he could get credit through me not me getting credit through me
0: so how did that i mean what you just told us is like amazing and that resonates no matter who's listening actor or not yeah. it resonates to me and i never get on the stage to act um but i i feel like i want to dive in just for a second on did you just like have this conversation with God in the car and then flip? There it was. Or did you battle through this?
1: Oh. Oh my gosh. No, I battled. It was kind of like the, uh, like they call it the white Jeep theory. You know, when you go to buy a white Jeep and then you just see white Jeeps everywhere. Right. Well, so that's kind of what God did in my life. Like he kind of like dropped this little seed in and then he began to, then every little thing he was like, see, you need to make me famous here. See, look, you need to make me famous here. Make me famous here. Make me famous here. And you're not doing it and you're not doing it and you need to. And seeing too, how, things could make him famous, like how my, my, my radical trust in God could make him famous. You know, my obedience could glorify him. The sharing of my, my story of my past, of what he's redeemed, you know, through me could make him famous. You know, my talents and my gifts could glorify him. Like all these, all these little bitty things, parenting, my marriage, you know, dying to me in marriage, you know, assuming the best of my husband instead of the worst, you know, all these things could glorify God and, and make him famous. But the thing is, for me, it is it's continual. Like I wrote the book on it, but I haven't like totally figured it out completely. Right. Well, you know, wait,
0: wait. you're not an expert on how to make God glorified through everything in our oh lives? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> you're it's, still it's, figuring this out. Oh, right. You know, like, <laughs> thank you.
1: Till, yeah. Until until I die, I will constantly be right. Because, you know, the reason why is because I will constantly always want to point the index finger of my life back to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I will always be a self-centered person striving to be a God-centered person, but that will always be something I struggle with because yeah. I'm human. And so, yeah. yeah, I fight this every day. I wake up doing it. I go to bed and I don't always do it. You know, I don't always, I don't always make God famous. Mm. You know, um, it's, it's very, I think it's a, it's a high calling that God but God calls us to it anyway because yeah. he wants people to look at us and go, Your God is amazing. Mm.
0: You know And you know what Lisa I think sometimes when you talk about I'm gonna fight this until you know I go home to meet Jesus, I say that about some things in my life. Mm-hmm. And for me it's like the fight is so important because when I stop fighting is when I start saying, Oh, just I'm I'm doomed. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I really think that it's good for women to hear, um, does God change people overnight and they never struggle with something? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. You know, absolutely. But for some things it's a battle and it's one day after another one foot for another one Bible open in front of another time that we just fight it. And I think sometimes women get discouraged because they're still fighting. Mm -hmm. And Man, I just want to encourage women that if you're still fighting, you're still in the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That God, God totally wants us to keep fighting. And I think often, I want, I want immediate results. Like, God, I'm fighting for you and show me like <laughs> yeah, right. Show me yourself, like, show me this is worth it. And I don't think that's not how God operates. You know, God, God isn't a pop tart, you know, out of the toaster kind of guy, you know, like, like, like he just, is an instant. Um, he asks us to continue to every day, continue to fight, get in the game, stay in the game, keep playing and then, uh, and then trust him, trust that we are doing what we are supposed to be doing you know, I wish I could say, and then we'll, we'll, you know, and one day God will show us that we've been doing it right. You know, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, how, what God will do, how God's going to operate in every person's life. I know we'll get to heaven and he's going to, he's going to say, yeah, you did it. Well done. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think it is, it's, it's obedience that I think is so difficult, but, but yeah, it is, it's, it's a constant fight in one foot in front of the other and let's, let's keep going. And I think too, Jamie, like, it's finding other women that are that are also doing that so you don't feel so alone. Oh, yes. You know, yes. Like, feel alone like dad gum am i the only person doing this? You know, I look around and and maybe I don't see other people or but but I think getting in a community of people whether it's one person or a a larger group whatever it is so that we can say you're in the trenches with me and I'm going to encourage you when when you're down and you're going to encourage me when I'm down and
0: and that keeps us moving forward. Yeah, I think one of the things I hear about people, why they love the happy hour so much is because they hear like women being real about things. And I just want to encourage you when you're listening, this is a, the happy hour is a great place to hear that. But this can't be the community that builds you up and carries you along. You know, that that means you need to have people in your world who are looking at you and saying, we're for you and we believe you and you can tell us these things and we support you and we're just going to be your community. We're going to fight yeah. with you. You yeah. know, all of these things that we're going to fight with you totally um well i think your message will just resonate um with so many women for sure for sure all right guys i know that you're loving this conversation with lisa but first i want to thank more of our sponsors for today's show and the first one is wink okay i'm going to give you a task pick out a wine that you're going to love but there's a catch it has to be one you haven't had before where would you start if you're like me, you have no clue. You just go find the labels that look cool or pick the one you've had before that you loved. But I want to tell you about Wink. Wink makes it easy to discover great wine because Wink's wine experts select wines matched to your tastes, personalized for you, shipped right to your door. And you guys, they start at just $13 a bottle. We can all handle that. There's nothing like coming home to a box of delicious Wink wines selected just for you. It's literally the best day of your month. All you got to do, guys, is fill out Wink's Palette Profile Quiz answer simple questions that your average store clerk wouldn't ask to translate into a recommendation. Questions like this, because I did this recently, Erin and I did. Questions like, how do you take your coffee? And how do you feel about blueberries? These are questions that help you pick wine. Then they send wines that are curated to your taste. The more wines that you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections. Each month, there are new delicious wines like the insanely popular summer water rosé. I love rosé so much. No membership fees. You can skip any month and cancel at any time shipping is complimentary if you don't like a bottle they send you hey no worries they'll replace it with a bottle you love no questions asked you guys go discover great wine today go to try wink that's w-i-n-c so TryWink.com slash happy and you're gonna get twenty dollars off your first shipment it's like a free bottle and a half of wine you guys that's TryWink.com slash happy Trywink w-i-n-c.com slash happy for twenty dollars off Okay, guys, I also want to thank ZipRecruiter. Hey, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? You might not, but I'm going to show you where. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one single click. We're going to make your life easier, guys. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you actually receive the best possible matches. That is why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidate finding you. Here's the kicker, guys. It goes out and finds them. So it's no wonder that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. You're not juggling emails or calls to your office. You simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy to use dashboard. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, you guys, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. I want to talk about, you mentioned this in just a few seconds ago, and I want to dive in here for a little bit, is you talked about freedom from your past. Mm -hmm. Um, And from what I've read uh, that you've told me is that that has been a harder journey for you. Can you take us back to what's been the struggle with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I um, I became a Christian when I was I was six years old, but you know, like so many young girls, by the time I was in my teenage years, you know, I I was feeling the woos of, of young boys, or I wanted to, you know, and mm-hmm. so I uh, I gave up my virginity when I was 15, and by the time I was 18, um, I found out that I was I was pregnant, and as a Christian, pregnant teenager, I was scared out of my mind. What are my Mm. Christian parents going to think? What is my church going to think? What are my Christian friends going to think? What are my non-Christian friends going to think? You know? So the only way out of that to me, like there was, there was no option. I knew what God wanted me to do, but I, I felt like the only way out, um, was, was to terminate my Mm -hmm. pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that was the choice that I made. That's what I did. And a couple months after, um, my Um, I was talking with a friend of mine who loved the Lord and she just was reminding me of how much God loved me and that he had big plans and he wanted to use me. But gosh, he couldn't, if I was gonna keep walking down this road that I was walking down, just rebellion from God. And in that moment, Jamie, like God, I felt like just grabbed hold of my shoulders and said, I am crazy about you Mm. and there's nothing you've ever done or will ever do that will make me not love you. And Lisa, Lisa, I want to do this with you. I want to do life with you, but you're going to have to walk away. And I just, I said, Lord, can we start over? Can I just get a redo on this? It's like the scales fell, fell from my eyes. I had saw my sin for the first time in years. Mm. I was like, I don't want anything more to do with it. And I I just, I said, God, let's do this. And so I walked away from that relationship. I walked away from that life. And I'd never, I've never been the same, mm. um, you know, but but I think I, I I, knew I'd been forgiven, Jamie. Like I knew I knew God loved me, but it was when I really started to deal with the guilt and the shame that I didn't know was there because, you know, I talked to so many women who've had abortions and they, there's a lot of burying that happens mm-hmm. of feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I not—I don't want to feel, I don't want to go there because if I go there, if I feel for this child inside of me, I, I may engage and mm-hmm. I may get attached. And that's terrifying to me. Yeah. yeah. So, so I started. I went through some post-abortion counseling um, at a faith-based crisis pregnancy center, and um, and it was a it was a Bible study that I went through, and God just began to unearth all this stuff that I had buried. He mm. began just to show me, oh my gosh, His deep, deep, like ridiculous love for me in light of His holiness. Mm. Like, like He's so holy, and He's so perfect, and He loves me, and He, you know. And, 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 and I am a, I am a great big sinner. And yet this holy God, like is crazy about me and doesn't remind me of my guilt and my shame. He separates it from me as far as the East is from the West, you know, and, and, oh my gosh, going through that study is what, is what not, not just let me know that I was forgiven, but that I was free. Mm. You know, that I was, that, that I had been living years forgiven in, in like a jail cell. With the door, you know, with the door open, the door was open. I could walk out, but I was sitting there in my jail cell with the enemy saying, yeah, you're forgiven, but look at what you've done. You know, nobody's going to listen to you. You're such a hypocrite and people are going to, you know, you're just going to embarrass yourself and don't talk about this. Don't talk about it, Lisa. And then when I finally said, you know, I'm going to start talking about this. I'm going to, I'm going to believe the truth. I'm going to push back the lies. I'm going to believe the truth man, I was able to take my handcuffs off
0: and walk out of my jail cell and be free. Mm, that you know? is amazing. I love that so much. And I was just talking with someone this weekend about sexual sin and how it seems to be just this thing that can just grip women and hold them for years captive in this jail cell like you were describing. Yeah. Um. And I have a similar story to yours as well that I, that I talk about a lot. And I could not resonate more with what you're saying about how the freedom came when you mm. began to believe what God said to be true yes Um, I feel I felt that way so many years as well and I think a lot of women who are listening whether it be you know sex before marriage or an abortion or um, an affair or whatever it might be those sexual sins that we start to believe that God loves us and forgives us but those things might be too big yeah and I think just when I started to realize I thought man how prideful of me to think That God couldn't handle a part of me, Mm. you know that I was too much for Him, and so man, I know that your words are what's going to encourage women so much. Now, when you were eighteen, and you had your abortion, and then a couple months later, is when you know you started saying, "Okay, redo, we're gonna clean slate." Who did you? When did you tell your parents about this?
1: You know, my parents actually—they found the abortion clinic receipt in my room. Oh my
0: gosh, Lisa! Yeah, they
1: came to me and sat me down how long after it was it was about maybe it was maybe about a month after my abortion so i still had like uh. another month after that was when god kind of just shook me all over but yeah it was about a month after i'd gone off to be a counselor at camp and came back and my parents had found the abortion clinic receipt while i was at camp they went to some counseling how do we deal with this with our daughter how do we talk to her and they just you know they came to me and they and they told me about it. And for whatever reason, I denied it. I'm like, Nope, that's not mine. It said it had my yeah. name on it. You know, I don't know.
0: You know, <laughs> it's because when we're 18, we're basically still stupid. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Just... I can
1: lie about this. It, uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. It
0: has my name on right, it. Yeah. Right.
1: But yeah. So they, they found out about it and, um, and you know, brought it to me and you know, I just believe that was the Lord, you know, that was God just yeah. like pursuing me. That's what's so beautiful about God. Right. Like, like God can, God doesn't give up on us after we've made a grievous mistake. He like pursues us, right? So he was mm. using my parents. He was pursuing me. He was pursuing me through that friend that that talked to me on the phone. Like, you know, like that's God. God is just stupid cool. Like he's oh, relentless for his people. Yes. Like, and, and you know mm-hmm. why? I believe it's because it's because he wants to set us free. So, but so that we will talk about what he's done so that he uses us to set other people free and other people get set Mm. free and other people, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, and so that, so that he's glorified throughout the world, you know what I mean? Through. And so I, I just, yeah, I think he is, he, he will not give up. He's on a, as I heard Louis Giglio say once, he's on a passionate pursuit of my heart Mm -hmm. and he won't stop until he has me,
0: you know? Yeah. And you know, I always say stories change the world. And so Mm -hmm. when, when we share our stories, Believe it or not, we're not actually getting glory for ourselves. Hopefully not. But when you share your story, I share my story. Someone else shares their story of struggle or sin or failure. At the end of the day, we get to say, here's what happened. Here's what I did. But do you see how awesome God is? Yes. Do you see how amazing he is? So we're like flipping the narrative and saying, I'll tell you real quick what happened in my life and what I did. But the real story is that I am loved in spite of myself. Uh And I am pursued.
1: Yep. And people, are, you know, and, and I think we don't share because we're afraid that people are going to think, what were you thinking? Yes. <laughs> what were you thinking? What were you doing? And I'm telling you, Jamie, I've shared my story countless times and no one has ever said that to me. They have all said, they, they they look at me with tears in their eyes and their tears are God tears. Like, like look at what God mm. is doing. And I get to say, yeah. look at what God is doing. Look at what God's done. You know, and it's it's a beautiful, it's beautiful.
0: You're you're so right. Mm. We get to flip the narrative and, and point yeah. to Jesus and say, look at how cool God is. Yeah, and we open up a really safe space for people that if I'm willing to come forward and say, hey, here's here's some struggles I had before I knew Jesus. And, and let me just say this, too. Here are some struggles I have today. You know, when I'm when I'm vocal and honest about those things, it allows people to pull up seats at the table and say, you know what? Me, too, man. I'm glad you said something because I I'm struggling as well. And women a lot of times feel as though we can't say these things out loud or else, oh, my gosh, what will people think about us. You know, if I'm struggling with liking my kids today, uh, oh my gosh. Right,
1: right. Yeah. Or I'm struggling with
0: liking my husband or yeah, whatever it is. My job, my body, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Vulnerability breeds vulnerability, I think, you know, and I think it's beautiful. That's exactly what I always say. Yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I still, and everyone's wondering here, you told your parents it wasn't you. End of story?
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I, I told my parents, I told my parents it wasn't me. And then, and then I realized, oh, that's stupid. Um, so of course it was me. And so I said, I said, yeah, I, yeah, that was, that was me. And, um, and so they, they, you know, they, they cried. They were sad. I think, I think they might have been more sad at my lack of remorse.
0: Yeah. You know, that you were just kind of like, yeah, it was me, whatever. Yeah, exactly.
1: That uh-huh. I'm going to lie about yeah. this and then, okay, well, I can't lie about it. So whatever, leave me alone, get out of my room. But then, you know, the next month when I, you know, I got to go talk to my mom and say, here's what I'm doing. I'm about to go break up with this guy. And she's like on her knees praying while I'm doing it. And, you know, and they're just, they're, they were,
0: they're just, they were, they were great, you know, just, able- they were able to see that transformation before their eyes as well. It seems yeah, like. Exactly. Yeah.
1: know, I, th- I think that's important as parents, you know, that we, we know that our our kids are going to make mistakes, you know, our kids are going to screw up and um, we want to show them the, the unconditional love of Jesus. You know, I just, I, I believe that like, you know, our kids kind of borrow their self-esteem from us until they're old enough to kind of have their own. And I think they borrow their, their, their view of God from us until they're able to have a relationship with him on their own. And so like, we have the great opportunity and we'll fail at it because I do, you know, we all do at really showing Jesus to them. But I think one of the most beautiful things we can show our kids is when they do make mistakes that, that we love them regardless. Like, you know, mm, mm-hmm. that there's, there's nothing they'll ever do to escape our love or the love of Jesus. And I think that's mm. difficult because, um, we hurt for them. We ache for their mistakes because we see the consequences that that's going to bring, you know, cause, um, just cause we're forgiven, just because, you know, my, my, you know, my parents were, were, you know, got, got to be gracious. It d- didn't mean I didn't have consequences for my sin, but just like Jesus, we, we have a, a full life when we experience, the unconditional love of, of him. And, and I think from our parents too. So.
0: Yeah. Gosh, our stories are so much more alike than I thought, Lisa. This is really great. Awesome. Um, I think it also, I'm thinking about, I, I, I don't know that I've ever really thought about this until just now, but preparing our hearts as we parent, um, I could imagine that what your parents went through when they found that and then talking to you, like you said, was really hard. And I know I put my parents through some really hard times as well. And just remember as parents that, man, our kids are going to disappoint us. Yeah you know, and they're going to let us down. Um, and I think it's figuring out how to respond to that with love and Christ likeness mm-hmm. is what, because we love our kids, you know, mm-hmm. but when people disappoint us, sometimes we act crazy, you know, and I just, I don't want to act crazy when my kids disappoint me. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I, I think sometimes it's deciding ahead of time.
0: Yes. Um, you know
1: how I'm going to respond, like even maybe practicing, practicing that in the small things. Um, and then, you know, cause I, I remember when my son went through some times of, you know, I'm like, gosh, I'm trying to parent my kid to love God more than anything else, you know? And then he went mm-hmm. through the season. I remember in, in, you know, a couple years ago where he came home and he was telling me that he was cussing at school, like, like saying some little cuss words here and there cause his friends mm-hmm. were. And I felt so defeated. Cause I was like, ah, wh- I've been working so hard at trying to get my kid <laughs> to like, choose the opposite of what his other friends are choosing and here he's not doing it. What, what is this pointless? You know, am, am I doing this? It, it, is, is this even working? Is this worth it? You know, and um, really feeling disappointed in him. And that was like a check for me. I was like, Oh, yikes. Mm. I want to make sure that I don't express to him my, like I express the, the concern of what he's saying and how um, it could affect his his, you know, whole, like we want it, we want to with the words to come out of our mouth, you know, to be holy. Um, and we, but, but, but that he knows that I love him, you know, that, that, and I, Mm -hmm. and, and it was kind of a check. Do I, am I just saying this? Am I just saying that I love him no matter what? Or do I really, am I re do I really believe Am I owning that? Do I, because I was, I was so disappointed, you know? So it's kind of a good, it was good, like check for me, like Lisa, keep your heart right. You know, with your, with your kids so that, so that their disappointment doesn't throw you into a tailspin or your disappointment, you know, th- their mistakes don't throw you into tail, the ta- a tailspin. There's nothing irredeemable. There's nothing that they can't change. And you know, they- they're going to be all right. So.
0: Yeah. And I think too, like be in a safe place, I was thinking of this example when you were talking, um, a couple of, uh, maybe last year or something, my kids downloaded this, this like app on their phone, not their phone, their tablets called musically Nothing against Musical.ly. Uh, we were kind of, we were moderating it and we were watching it. It was kind of their first step into something, you know. We had some other friends who their kids were doing it. So they were just making these quote-unquote music videos with their other friends, mm. uh, which very innocent to start with. Well, then I, we look at our kids' devices all the time. So I was looking at it and I noticed that one of my kids was, it's weird to explain, but if you understand this app, then you know what it is. They were making a music video with people they didn't know. And that was my first like, oh, no, 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 nope, nope yeah. not okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so some of the people that were a part of this were just not appropriate. Okay. Mm. And I flipped out, Lisa, mm. I flipped out and I said things like this to my child. How could you do this? Did you think this was okay? Yeah.
1: What were you and thinking? my husband? Yeah. What were mm-hmm, you thinking? Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: all of the things that are just like. That's not a good way to set up anything because I tell you, what that's a stupid question anyways. You know what he was thinking? Oh, this is fun. Oh, this girl's pretty or whatever, you know. And so my husband very calmly like kind of tapped me out and, you know, let me kind of take a breather and came in. And then later in like sheer kindness, my husband, he was so great about it, but he was so right when he was like, Jamie, if you flip out. They will not talk to you. That's
1: so good. And I was
0: like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Because I remember if my mom would flip out about something, then that subject was off limits. Like, you know, I'm not going to say that. And so it was just such a reminder of don't flip out, don't flip out, stay calm, stay calm. And I, I, I missed the mark on that. I, I messed up Mm -hmm. there. Um, And I will think about that example forever. Um, And God is gracious and kind and redeemable, all those things. But I've really been, as my kids are getting older, um, knowing that they're going to disappoint, but also knowing I want them to come to me Mm. and say things and know mom's not going to lose her crap when I say this to her. And so that is something that I have to be on, on like, think about like, okay, keep your face looking completely normal when they say this to you. Yeah. Cause it's hard. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go to my mom either when, when she she didn't feel safe, (laughs) you know, I mean, I want to go to my friends who felt there would be like, oh, okay, cool. You know, because they were they were safe. My mom wasn't sometimes always safe, you know? And so Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good
0: word. I know. <laughs> we gotta be safe places for those kids, you know? And it's like I could go I could go to my parents about some things, but I remember I told my parents about one specific person like that had done something that my parents didn't agree with. And And then I felt like I could never bring that person back up again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'm even thinking about that with my teenage boys. Like if they tell me about something that someone's doing that I don't feel is appropriate, how do I talk to them about that in a way that is honoring to the person? Because I don't want to be dishonoring to them as, you know, as weird as that sounds if they're doing something I don't like, but I want them to be able to come back to mom about it. Right, right. It's yep. hard. Lisa, parenting is so oh hard. Oh my gosh, it is. One day these kids are going to grow up and I just hope that they love Jesus and love I, people. Yeah, I do
1: too. I do too. Yeah. And I think that like, gosh, I feel like in my short nine years of parenting, <laughs> yeah, I've kind of like, I realized that God's kind of just said to me, I, I I don't know, I used to think that parenting was about like, you know, being happy or making my kids happy you know, or like, Mm -hmm. like really kind of creating great memories for them or taking them on some fun vacations and, you know, doing that kind of thing. And I just believe that really like the, that's kind of not the purpose of parenting. I think all of that kind of comes with it, but you know, something like, like you said earlier, like, like I, my job as a mom is to help my kids love God. Well, like, Mm, like that, that's why I'm a parent. I want my kids to leave my home when they're 18 as an adult. Hopefully they'll leave my home when they're 18. Um, (laughs) yes, (laughs) Like, like I want them to like be dying on their sword to make God famous, you know, like that's what I want Mm. them to do. And, you know, and I think, gosh, I think sometimes this, the, the best ways we can do that really are like to embrace these teachable moments, you know, that, that we find ourselves in, you know, where, where our kids are, are, are cussing or they're, they're making a music video or, you know, how do I, how do I always point them back to what point them back to God, you know? Embrace mm-hmm. these teachable moments, help him look more like God. I remember when Deuce was five years old and we were at the mall and we like came up on this, you know, we were walking close to a lingerie store and I was like, Lord, please help him not to see it. Help him not to see it. Help him not to see it. And sure enough, my kids saw it, dropped my hand, ran over stood under this bra model <laughs> with like these boobs that were like gargantuan. I don't know what they feed yeah. her, but I I need right. some, you know, it's the boobs we all it's, want. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But they were beautiful. Oh my gosh. I had a girl crush. She was so pretty. She was so pretty. And he's, he walked up to that picture and there all these people walking by and they're laughing because they see exactly what's happening. A five-year-old standing under, you know, boobs, like with mouth open, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, he, he, I I realized in that moment I could do two things, you know, I could walk away. I could grab him and say, Hey, let's go to Chick-fil-A, you know, which is what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do, you know, or I could embrace the teachable moment. And so I said, God, help me just have some courage here to, to do that. And so I walked over and I just knelt beside him. And I said, she's pretty, isn't she buddy? And he goes, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. And I said, I just been talking with my husband about boys and, you know, women and images that you can't ever unsee. And, so I just said, you know, buddy, you know, as a man, you're going to have all kinds of opportunities to see this. images like The images like this are going to be, you know, all over the place for the rest of your life. I said, and when you see images like this, you have the chance as a man to look away. And when you look away, you're telling her that you think she's beautiful because God made her, not because she shows you her skin, you know? Mm. And like, I I just, that has been, Jamie, for me, like that is, that is a fear of mine having two boys is that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, images could be, you know, and I, images could be something that they get really wrapped up and trapped in and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I've had to really just, just, you know, God's had to wrestle me in that area. Like I've got to just do my best to embrace Mm -hmm. teachable moments, you know, to talk with them about that among everything else. Uh And then not be anxious, you know, not be worried mm-hmm. about it. But, um, you know, can my my kid will be going to middle school in the next couple of years? Yeah. You, know? yeah. you know. So, so do I have an opportunity? Like, am I going to continue to fight, like you said, and pray and teach? Am I gonna Am I gonna guide, or am I going to, you know, cower in the corner? And I don't, I don't yeah. want to cower in the corner. I, I may want to often some days, but I have to keep fighting, you know. And I've got to keep praying, and I've got to, you know, because I do have the Lord with me. You know, it's the enemy that wants my kiddo, but I've got God and my kid's got God, you know, and we can, you know, th- there'll be, and then, and then here's the thing too, like not if, but when they might look at an image, you know, that I yep. have to be, I have to remind myself not to, like you said, freak out, you know, mm-hmm. but, but yep. respond well.
0: So, yeah. And you did what you should do because I think the, the easy route and the thing that we kind of would, it feels a little bit more comfortable is to just not talk about these things. Mm. Uh, you know, but I feel like I'm constantly thinking, and Aaron and I talk about this, and how do we bring these things up first to our kids? Because it's not, like you said, it's not if. It is when our kids are exposed to pornography. Everybody, if you're listening and you have children, there is zero chance your child will not see pornography unless you go live in, like, a hut a hut with Kimmy Smith or something <laughs> like that, you know? Like, it just, it, it's not going to happen, you know? Your kids are going to be exposed um, in the day that we live in. And so, having those conversations first. And so you had a great teachable moment, you know, or even how I blew it with that musically moment. We've had other moments where instead of being, instead of just telling our kids, don't look, don't go there, don't look at that app, don't do this, sitting down and saying, here's why, yes. which is exactly what you did. And so I think that is something that's so empowering to parents is that we have the ability to not just say no, but to say, yeah. here's why. And and I feel like my generation, we kind of miss that. I feel like a lot of Christian parents just said no.
1: Yes, Yes, I have talked to so many people. I'm so with you whose parents said, no, 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 no. But you're right. Didn't say here's why. And I think Mm -hmm. like, you know, we were saying a second ago that vulnerability breeds vulnerability that I not only Mm -hmm. say here's why because of here's the God vision, but here's why because I struggled with it. You know, here's, I saw Mm -hmm. porn when I was, you know, at the, I remember, you know, at a, at a party, you know, when and I remember what yeah. it was, and I, you know, I, even as a female, I can't unsee that darn image. You know what I mean? And, you right. know, and to share yeah. that with my kid, it's not just because I'm giving you a rule, but or, or, you know, or because I want to keep your brain and your mind and your eyes safe, but because mommy has struggled with it and it has or mommy has seen it or daddy has seen it. And it is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that that we can share where we have struggled. And that is helpful. Too and again, we stay yes. safe, right? Because mommy, mommy, mommy is, mommy didn't freak out. She she actually shared something where she struggled, and mm-hmm. I can go to
0: her and talk with her about it. Yeah. Have you thought about uh, when you'll share your story with your kids? You know, it's funny. Somebody was just asking me that the other
1: day. Um, we have had the the sex talk with our older son, and um, mm-hmm. in that moment, I didn't share uh, you know, that mommy had had sex and mommy's had an abortion. I felt like Mm -hmm. that might be a traumatic situation for my son, as opposed to a great teachable time for him Mm -hmm. just at that Mm -hmm. age. But I think that when he probably, my husband and I are, are, you know, we haven't really talked exactly about when I think that would be probably maybe dependent upon the maturity of my son, you know, and that might be different ages for different, Mm -hmm. you know, different kids. But, um, maybe like middle school time, you know, so like you said, we, when we stay yeah. in front of it, we stay on top of it, we're, we're the ones bringing mm-hmm. it up, not them coming to us. But, but I think yeah. probably, um, yeah, when he goes to middle school and, um, the prevalence of images or
0: sexual, you know, you know, all that stuff mm-hmm. are, is going to be bigger. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but I will share it. Yeah, I know. And I know just like, here's another example. Cause it's so hard because we just kind of want to put our hands over our kids ears and our eyes and. We were at, like, a jump park mm-hmm. or something, and my kids told us that one of the kids, somebody there called them the P word. Okay. okay? Very inappropriate mm-hmm. word, right? So I said to my oldest, do you know what that means? Because what I wanted to do was be like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, yeah. run away. <laughs> but instead, I said, do you know what that means? And he said, yeah, and he knew what it meant. And I said, yeah, no, and it's, like, really, really bad. And we got to talk about it, you know, and it was awkward because <laughs> – it's a very awkward word. And I hate yeah. that word and it should never be used. And, but it was a chance for me to talk to my son who's 13 about why that word is so awful and why you should not use it. Um, so yeah, and like,
1: like, like braving the awkwardness, you know, like you like, yes. you're like, you know what? I know Bill Hybels has this great phrase and he's the pastor of Willow Creek community church. And uh-huh. he says, if something feels funky, engage. And I love it. Uh, I'm like, that's so good for me as a mom. Yeah. Like if this feels really funky and it's going to feel really awkward and so therefore i need to dive in you know um mm-hmm. i might just need to take a breath or or grab you know if i if i'm scared to do it on my own grab my spouse or grab
0: a good friend or mm-hmm. you know whatever but yeah. i got to yeah you're right we got to engage because the truth is somebody's going to tell them what these Ooh, things yeah. mean it's either going to be me or it's going to be their stupid right. friends at school yeah. and so I yeah. want it to be me, even if it's awkward, and I have to explain what the P yeah, word means. Ex-
1: yeah, exactly, because because their friends are going to say yes. it in like an they're not their friends are going to say it in non God honoring. No, they're going to make it yeah. sound awesome. Like
0: this is a word we yeah. should be using. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. we're not down with that. Um, okay, Lisa, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to switch from our heavy parenting yes. subject. Uh, what three what are you loving these days? I always ask my guests what three things are you loving. What do you got going on that you're yes. loving these days? I
1: am loving, dear Evan Hansen. It is a musical on Broadway and I might be a little bit biased because my sister-in-law is in it. I'm just going to do a little, do a little plug. And I actually, I'm not biased. It is, it, it like swept the Tonys. It is an amazing musical. It is, it's absolutely incredible. It has to do with like teen suicide and, you know, lying and all kinds of like, I, I would say that if you had a teenager, it'd be incredible to go and see. Um, it is such a great, great musical. The soundtrack is incredible. Um, ben Platt, who was, he's been in lots of different things, but he was in a Pitch Perfect, um, you know, uh-huh. he's the star and um, it is, it's absolutely, it's just a great, it's a great musical. So. I love it. 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 I'm also loving um, Swan Creek candles. Oh, okay. So like we live, you know, here in McKinney and downtown McKinney is like this cute little like square with all these cute shops. And I feel like every single shop has these Swan Creek candles I remember walking into a shop once and I smelled this goodness all around. And I said to the, to one of the employees, I said, where, what is the smell? And I'm going to buy it. I don't care how much it costs. I want it now. <laughs> and they said, it, they said, okay, it's probably a combination because they've got like tons of flavors, you know, and it's probably yeah. a combination of the cinnamon hazelnut latte candle over here and roasted espresso. And I was like, golly. Ooh. And so I got it and you know, oh my gosh, it's so good. And what's cool about them is that you can, after you burn your candle down, you can order new candle wax from them online and you can basically kind of make your own candle. And I am. Ooh, I, am I like not that. Crafty. Like, do not ask me to craft. It, it makes me like, yeah, like shiver um, and shake. But you just basically hot glue your wicks into the bottom of your container and pour the hot wax in and you've got a brand new candle in like 12 hours. And it's so oh, good. pre candles. They're incredible. And then let's see a third thing I'm loving. You know, I am walking through, um, it's old school, but I'm loving it. It's experiencing God right now. Uh huh. Oh my gosh. And like, um, God's like wrecking me in so many different ways. Like just kind of dealing with me on some just issues that I've not given over to him and some areas of obedience that I've just, you know, been kind of pushing him back on, you know, um, it is, I'm just kind of doing that just in, in my time with him and, you know, it's kind of walking through it kind of at my pace. It's taking me forever. Um, but that is like re- it's really, really good. You know, it's just a, I love that. One.
0: I love it. Okay. What are you reading? I
1: am. Let's see. I'm reading several things. I'm a big audible person.
0: Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, let's see.
1: Christian wise. I'm reading another old school one. I'm reading the five love languages of children. Okay. Girl, good. That is like, I knew, like, I know my kids love languages, which is one of them's quality time and one of them's physical touch. I knew that, but like this this book is really helping me. It's like solidifying that for me. And and I'm finding confidence in like being active with expressing those to them. And I've noticed, like and I've just been reading it a week. I've noticed it in this last week, things have changed for my, my heart towards them because kind of like you, yeah, I'm angry at my kids sometimes, you know, and I don't uh-huh. want to give them, you know, like, but this is, I, I don't know, kind of pushing past that, pushing through that and showing them love. And I've watched kind of their- attitudes change and they're not as angry sometimes and it's really been interesting. So I yeah oh, it's I love really, that. really been cool. So I'm just a couple chapters in. But it's so good. And then um, I just finished The Help. You know, mm-hmm. and I saw the movie first and that ooh, ooh that good book is the oh, book is good. So good. So good. It's like it takes the scenes from the movie and like I know it was the book was written first, but since I watched the movie yes. first, it takes the scenes, like the, the just the depth of the scenes. They came alive. Oh, my gosh.
0: So I felt like I read the book first, and I felt like when I saw the movie, they did a great job with um, recreating what I had read. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the, you know, I will say, I think that the, I know I not everybody's seen it, so I don't want to do spoilers. So I'm, I'm going to be very vague, but the pi, the pie okay. scene in the movie, and, uh-huh. I mean- It was incredible. You know, it was just—it was so So good. good. And they, I think, you know, they they did such a good job with taking that scene and making that come alive in a beautiful way. It's like the best scene. Oh, I need to rewatch that. I do too. I want to. I told my husband, I said, "We got to, we got to watch this." And then, you know, I love, I love anything. I'm, I'm really right now into uh, fiction, like thriller, horror. You know, like anything by Gillian Flynn, which you know, I know. Yes, I've read her stuff. And then. It's dark, It's dark. And you got to have a good stomach for like there's some kind of cussing. And, you know,
0: the last one I read by her, I feel like Sharp Objects is what I, the most recent one that I read. And I read it a couple of years ago. It, yeah. it came out a couple of years ago. It came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and honestly, right now where we're talking, I couldn't even tell you what it was about. But I remember I couldn't put it oh, down. Me neither. Oh, my gosh. And the the yeah.
1: actors, you know, that's what kills me about. The the talent that they have reading these books, I mean, it's it that's almost worship to me. I mean, I know that not all these people who are reading are like believers, but I'm like, oh, that's so amazing. You know, like Girl on the Train, like I listen to that
0: one. And these actors are so incredible with how they how they just make these books, how they read it. Yes. uh, Yes. Yes. I did read Girl on the Train, too. And I do remember what that was about because I saw the movie. (laughs) Okay, I love hearing people are reading, and it's always so interesting that you're going between um, five love languages for kids and Enjoy you know sharp you know, objects it. because <laughs> just we're just running the gamut here. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, uh, Lisa, thanks so much for coming on the Happy so Hour You're so welcome.
1: I loved being here with you, Jamie.
0: All right, friends, I love that show with Lisa. I listened to it again when editing and I just thought, man, this has so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom. I hope that you got something out of it that you loved. I'd love to see what you love. Come find me on Instagram at, at Jamie Ivy Leave me a comment. Tell me what you love there. Today's show is edited by Chris with Pod Shaper, and the music is from Jason Poe. Next week, my guest is my friend Bree McCoy. I traveled with her to Kenya this summer with Compassion International and she is the hostess with the mostest. And so next week is November, you guys. I can't even believe it. And she's going to get us ready for hosting. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend.